0: Happy New Year, everybody. Captain Rick Wright, host of This is NNOA, our weekly look at news views and historical perspectives around the world with all of our incredible brothers of the United States Navy, United States Marine Corps, and the United States Coast Guard. And ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, hey, we made it to 2021. Yeah, today is the 2nd of January, 2020, 21. I got to get used to that. And we are broadcasting from upstate New York, Syracuse, New York, in the suburbs of Syracuse, a place called Marcellus, New York. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get down with the program here. Today, the Marfoot Pointers, the Moffat Pointers, the first African-American Marines are smiling in heaven this afternoon. Because, hey, Captain Wright, we're the Marines, man. Okay, Moffat Pointer, separate fire. We're going to bring it on. Up tight and dynamite here this afternoon. I don't want to blow the place up with dynamite, but I'm talking about the Marines, you know. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's do this. Today, since this is a holiday weekend, let's find a holiday. I mean, a real holiday. Major Corey Holiday, United States Marine Corps. He's based at the Pentagon in... uh, Washington, D.C. He's got all the answers with regards to the leadership of the United States Marine Corps, and he's <laughs> our guest today. Hey, Major Holliday. Corey, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, man, it's a pleasure, man. We're going to have some fun here this afternoon. Uh, Major Corey Holliday, a graduate of Florida. A&M University down in Florida, man. So all you rattlers out there, we ready for that. And by the way, all you brothers of the uh, Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity, that fraternity that was discovered in the basement of St. James AME Zion Church in Ithaca, New York, that's what really was founded, Corey. You guys, I'm an Omega. I learned that one, you know, about you guys, man. But anyhow, we're rolling. Corey Major. Give us a little quick background on you, man. Where were you born, man? And where did you grow up and all that good stuff?
1: So I was born in Maplewood, New Jersey, and I moved down to Florida when I was about five years old. So I claimed Tallahassee, Florida as my home. So when I, when I say I'm going home, I'm going to Florida. So I'm a Florida boy, true and
0: true. Tallahassee. Hey, Bethune Cookman's hanging around that part of the country too, isn't it?
1: Yeah, my mother is a graduate of Bethune Cookman.
0: Oh, so you
1: are you come out of a family of educators, huh? I do. I, my family, a lot of family members are split between Bethune Cookman and Florida AM. I've got a few Tennessee state alumni as well as um, Southern alumni too. We're big time HBC family.
0: Oh man, what an incredible, incredible environment that you grew up in, man, Educators, You said your father was a principal too, right?
1: So my my father was a principal as I was growing up, and my mother was also my mother was a math teacher for 30 years, and then both my mother and father um, moved on up to the um, Florida Department of Education and um, with positions there and finished their careers out at, at um,
0: DOE. So Major Corey Holliday, United States Marine Corps. Florida guy, because you grew up in, uh, you, that, you, you first tasted that uh, New Jersey water, right? that New Jersey. Yes, area. I did. Oh okay. In fact, I used to run a radio station in Trenton, New Jersey years ago. I was general okay. manager of radio station WTNJ in Trenton, the capital of New Jersey. Trenton makes, the world takes, and hey, Major, it really took me, man, but I'm still alive. <laughs> From that standpoint, <laughs> Major. Now you finished high school, Florida. How did you uh, pick out Florida A&M, though? and all those HBCU family members are in the house. So I I grew up hearing stories
1: of my mom and my uncles and cousins going back and forth with these different rivalries, and I grew up going to the Florida Classic with Bethune Cookman and Florida A&M playing each other, and just the the internal banter between the family on different stuff. And then uh, the, a different world. I grew up watching a different world um, on TV, and I, I just knew I wanted to go to an HBCU. And being from Tallahassee and seeing FAMU on a regular basis, I knew I was going to FAMU. Oh,
0: and the marching band, that battle of the bands between those big football games. So Major Corey Holiday. Happy New Year to you. What did you major in at Florida A&M University? I was
1: a criminal justice major. I started off with computer science and realized that computer science was not for me. Um, I thought it was boring. So um, I I liked the idea of what they call protected and serving. So I I pursued uh, criminal justice and I've been doing it ever since.
0: So criminal justice has laid an incredible foundation what we're gonna find out about you this afternoon in the United States Marine Corps. Now, uh, Major Corey Holliday, you got major in front of your name, a United States Marine Corps, Saffir on the other end. You're coming out of Florida A&M University. Let me put it on the table real quick. Where and how did the United States Marine Corps become a part of your fantastic life?
1: Okay, so well, my father passed away when I was uh, 15, my sophomore year of high school, and during that time, everybody knows that that's a key point in a young man's life where they need role models, et cetera, uh, male role models. And at the time, my high school um, started a a Marine Corps JROTC program wow. that year, and so my father passed in July. And by August, the school had started a Marine Corps JRPC program. And I was introduced to Colonel Milford Johnson and uh, Major Charles Plowman. And they paid my way to want to be a Marine. I don't have a lot of Marines in my family. I, I didn't find out I had Marines in my family until after I joined the Marine Corps. My family's big time Army, Air Force, Navy family. And then here I am, one of maybe four Marines in my whole family now. But definitely um uh Colonel Johnson and Major Plowman were the ones that that
0: made me wanna be a Marine. Look, Major, uh did you were you part of the Navy N R O T C unit at Florida A and M? So interesting
1: story I was. <laughs> I um I I graduated um high school and Based off of all the stories that um, I learned from the instructors in high school, I wanted to follow their path. So um, Colonel Johnson had just retired and then picked up the JRTC program, but his last assignment in the Marine Corps was as an MOI at FAMU. So I heard tons of stories about the, the ROTC program and then um, Major Plowman, prior enlisted guy, telling me all his war stories of being enlisted, and um, then becoming an officer. So I wanted to experience those stories. So I enlisted right after high school, oh. joined the Marine So I joined the Marine Corps Reserves, and I, I, the recruiters, I was a recruiter's dream. I walked into the recruiter's office, and because I was in the program, and because they were my mentors, I walked in with the blueprint of exactly what I wanted to do in the Marine Corps and how I wanted to do it. So I, I went and signed a contract to, that allowed me to go to boot camp, and then they had this program it's called 92-Day Reservance, where you Absolutely. go to boot camp, and right after boot camp, I left boot camp, and I didn't go to the follow on schools. I went through uh, – I went straight to college. So I graduated boot camp on um, Friday
0: and I started college classes on Monday. So the Marine Corps got you and you have Florida (laughs) A&M University. Also brought up the uh, Florida uh, A&M University NROTC unit because a very dear friend, Captain Gilchrist was the CEO of that unit back in the 1980s. In fact, he was also a president of the National Naval Officer Association. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has a grandson, by the way, named Jay Gilchrist. Jay is a lieutenant flying P-8 Poseidons in the Navy yeah. right now on the West Coast. So well, every time I think of the Florida A&M unit, I think of uh, Captain Gilchrist when he was the commanding officer of the unit there at Florida A&M. A little before you yeah, got there.
1: My freshman and sophomore year was spent in the um, JR, in the ROTC program. Now, and I, I, I was, uh, are- I was um, the only reason I got out of the program is because I, I, they were offering me a Navy scholarship and being a, a Spitfire Marine at the time, I refused to take my Marine uniform off and wear the Navy uniform waiting on the Marine option to get the Marine scholarship so I could continue wearing the Marine uniform. So I, I chose a different route so I can keep wearing my Marine uniform.
0: Boy, well, I'm telling you, this is fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, this is NNOA, our weekly podcast. Captain Rick Wright here, host the show. And of course, our guest today is Major Corey Holliday, United States Marine Corps. Corey's a superstar in the Marines now, based at the Pentagon, in a major leadership role. And uh, Corey, now you're getting your baccalaureate degree from Florida A&M University. Jake Gaither School, the great football coach of yesterday. Yes. Uh, then you walk across the stage, man, to hand the diploma to you. What's gonna happen next, man? So prior,
1: before I graduated, I actually
0: um, left school
1: for six months, and um, because I was a reservist, it was this, the time of the Iraq War starting. So I actually left school at the beginning of the war, uh-huh. deployed for six months, and then um, after that deployment, so I, I was part of OF um, one came back, finished my last semester of school, and then um, got my commission um, on the back in 2003, got my commission. And then, um, yeah, I went to the basic school
0: and basic, started learning did you, did how to come, be an officer. Did you come to that, that POC program? You didn't come to I that? I did.
1: That's the POC, pro- OK. After I transitioned out of um, the ROTC program, I picked up the uh, POC program, uh, Captain Taylor, Captain Stacy Taylor, now Colonel Taylor, um, was my
0: OSO. And that was at Quantico. It's at the uh, training for the PLC program during your era. Yeah, well, I'm an old guy. You know, I'm trying to. I, by the way, I love Quantico. What a beautiful base that is for the United States Marine Corps. By the way, every time I go to Washington D.C., I go out and live in those nice quarters I got out there for old Navy <laughs> captains like me, man. Not bad. Already, you got your commission. You're near a beautiful, good-looking second lieutenant, United States Marine Corps. And what was basic officer course for you? What was that hell? At what base? It was. It was in Quantico. Everything stayed at Quantico. Yep.
1: Man, that's like so,
0: a city in a city too.
1: Yep. OCS okay. is on one side of the ninety five and then TBS is on the opposite side of the ninety
0: five. Roger that. All right. Now you leave Quantico. Uh, The uh, detailer. I know you had a good time with that Marine detailer, whoever that person might have been. And uh, (laughs) hey, what happens? The Marine Corps said, "Okay, we got a squared away, young, incredible second lieutenant, United States Marine Corps. Let's get his career going." And where did we send you?
1: So um, I I was able to um, pick up military police as my um, designator,
0: which MOS. Yes, working Mm -hmm. and it it
1: tied in with my major. It was. out of 265 Marines in the company, there were two MP spots, and I picked up one. So after that, I went to uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, where uh, MP school is. It's a, um, at the time, it was an integrated course to where um, it was Army-led and the Marines embedded into the Army class. So I was in a class of 60 Army lieutenants and myself, one Marine, for about three months. And then after that, I transitioned to um, my first duty assignment as an officer at 1st um, FSSG uh, Camp Pendleton with um, MP Company. So you get to North
0: Carolina. No, that's no, California. I, California. California. Yeah. Camp Pendleton. Mm-hmm. You're on the West Coast. Well, don't, every time I hear Pendleton, I, I, I I'm, tell them to get him. So look, y'all bear with the old Captain Rick right here, man. Uh, Major <laughs> Corey Holiday, man. Beautiful young Marine Corps second lieutenant. He's out in California in Pendleton. His law enforcement p- criminal justice major from Florida A&M University is being used correctly by the United States Marine Corps. You know, this is fascinating. And things are rolling. And what is our time frame, uh, Major Taylor, for a lot of our viewers this afternoon or morning or afternoon or night while they're watching or viewing or listening to our podcast, historical time period, year?
1: So. So, this was 2000, I checked in 2005, February 2005. Um, and I was, I was there for about a month, and the CO of the company, of MP Company, was pulled and sent on an IA billet somewhere else, and had left me and a company of 100 Marines to prep for deployment in six months.
0: What kind of uh, what what, your, what kind of internal uh, leadership qualities that would you like to share with us that you think really got you ready, got you going with regards to leading? I mean, you're a brand new, young second lieutenant in charge of a lot of folk, and of course, you get ready to go out to the uh, other part of the world, right? Is that getting ready to happen over to the uh, what do we call the Middle East? Uh, yep. is that's gonna that, happen? I'm-
1: I'm prepping for, at this time, 2005, I'm prepping for my second deployment back to the Middle East. Um, The first one, I was a um, a platoon sergeant, and now I'm going back as a company commander. And I I would say that um, based off of my experience in Marine Corps JROTC and just being um, on the enlisted side of the house, I, I learned to rely heavily on my senior enlisted. And like those guys were my advisors, and I trusted them. They trusted me, and we made a, a great team. So um, I, re- I relied on those who had been there and done that, who were way more seasoned to, than I was. But then um, also, they let me lead. And it they took steered them- me in the right direction, and they yeah. let me lead. And I I think that was the, the makeup, just ex- from the, the experience that I had and then trusting them and them trusting me. It, it made for a, a good workup for deployment. And then it made for a great deployment from 2005 to
0: 2006. Hey, look, when you deployed over to the Middle East, did you fly over or take a ship over or how did you get over? So first time
1: I got there via ship, this time I flew via contract Delta Delta flight, uh, um, there and back, Delta flight. So it was the first time I flew first class.
0: Boy, <laughs> <laughs> well, what an experience. Conference of the United States Marine Corps. First class yeah. on a Delta flight to the Middle East. Oh, I'm that's just, right. I'm loving this major holiday here. It's <laughs> a happy
1: new year. Wow. I say that the flight stewardess um, going out saw my name, and they sang the holiday song. Yeah. Um, the whole flight over. And just so happened we were on the exact same flight on the way back with the same stewardess who sang the song all the way back to the States too.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're a star. Hey, Major, Curry <laughs> Holiday, you're the real deal in the Marine Corps, man. You're a superstar. Hey, uh, General Frank Peterson in heaven just sent a message down to me, man. Said, man, you're the real deal. Keep charging, brother. And also General Gary Jerome Cooper, great African-American Marine Corps general who was the first brother lead brothers into combat, that is a unit into combat in Vietnam. And then of course, uh, I got an old, uh, I don't know if you know General George Walls. George uh, was in school at North Carolina Central University back in the 1960s when he was a young Marine Corps captain with the NROTC unit there and became General George Walls, United States Marine Corps. Think about all my Marine Corps general buddies and friends and also General Cliff Stanley also with yes. nnoa And there was a beautiful Marine Corps. Yo, she was gorgeous and smart and brilliant that I met back in the 1980s with NNOA. And that's Colonel Doris Daniels, United States Marine Corps. Oh, you got some family here. Well, look, um, um, C- Corey, okay. So we after we leave the Middle East. We come back home to the States, man. And, uh...
1: So I come back to the States. in 2006. I spent... Um, And at the time, MOS is a short, um, high density, uh, uh, a high demand, low density MOS. So we're on a six month cycle of deploying every other six months. And um, I started prepping the company for another deployment. And um, I got pulled from the company and moved up to the regiment um, and served as the regimental opso as a, a first lieutenant for a while, so uh, FSSG, Regimental Ops, first lieutenant, uh, so I, I learned a lot by being the junior guy on the staff with um, a Colonel Command and um, Lieutenant Colonel XO, uh, I, it was a great experience where I learned a lot.
0: Major Holiday, you've learned a lot, incredible Marine Corps officer, you are know, at the Pentagon in Washington. What's your advice to a young junior officer, Navy, Marine Corps, and Coast Guard? Of course, a lot of them are members of the National Naval Office Association who are coming in. What kind of uh, advice would you give uh, those, those young, wonderful young people, J.O.'s coming into the service in this day and time? Uh make
1: sure that you maintain relationships with the folks that you went to school with because uh, y'all are all on the same playing field once you join the fleet and you lean on each other and learn from each other to help develop each other and progress throughout the ranks. Um, There's some questions that you just don't want to ask your supervisor that you can easily ask a buddy of yours that you went to school with who might've just learned what you're trying to learn the week prior or yesterday. So use each other to lift each other up. Also uh, seek mentorship. Um, Although people say that not only should mentors seek a mentee, mentees should seek mentors, those who they want to mimic and be like they should reach out to them and not just wait on the mentor to reach out to them. we're all adults, so take take your job into your own hands and don't rely on somebody else to steer your fate.
0: Okay, all you young JOs out there, the United States Navy, United States Marine Corps, United States Coast Guard, and one of our big efforts and missions with the National Naval Office Association is really to provide that mentoring for our young JOs. Cap- Captain Mary Mac Adams down in Atlanta, Georgia, Ph.D. from the University of Georgia, her dissertation on mentoring, especially sea service officers. So she's a real genius in that particular area. Major Corey Holiday. Happy New Year, guy. (laughs) This is really kicking, man. Now, Major, everything is rolling. Your career path is going. You're running all over the Marine Corps, fire this afternoon. And uh, how many times did you go to 20 Palms? How many times were Uh, you up there?
1: So prior to... Prior to being stationed there, I had gone there um, two times for different workups um, prior to deployments. So all, all I knew of 29 Palms was the training area. Yeah. The big open desert, looked just like Iraq, um, perfect for training.
0: And of course, 20 uh, Palms is the Marine Corps' largest base, isn't it? I think, I think they are basically categorized as the largest Marine Corps base in the whole world. Land
1: Landmass-wise, it is the largest base.
0: Yes. Now you go out to 20 Palms and you come back to 20 Palms and then you end up going to 20 Palms, the United States Marine Corps' super base for training, and you become the provost marshal, is that right? Or the chief of police uh, at 20 Palms? 29 Palms. So, 29 yeah, Palms? prior to that. So, I,
1: um, after leaving California, I actually got pulled and went to um, the basic school. I went back to the basic school as an instructor Um, and it brought me back to Quantico. I was an instructor at the basic school for uh, three years. And then after that, I went out to um, Okinawa, Japan and did four year tour out in Okinawa to plan. I got back on ship, um, did two years of the Mew and then left the Mew, went to um, the law enforcement battalion, did two years there, all out of Okinawa. So I got to see all of Asia. And then after that, I, um, I was fortunate enough to be, uh, jump on the one military police spot that they had in Europe. So, and I I did three years out in Europe and after Europe, I think the the monitor was like, you have done way more than the average Marine should be able to do in, in, in their time, so you owe the Marine Corps, and you say you're going to 29 pounds.
0: So I, I, have my, all over the world already? <laughs> to all of our viewers this afternoon, this evening, or morning, whenever you're checking out, this is NNOA, our weekly podcast of news, views, and perspectives, and also especially a lot of our young folk, Evan, who are thinking about a career. Hey, just think about the career of Major Corey Holiday, and hey, Corey, you, 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 you about what you. All this travel around the world, you that was your 20s, right? Into your 30s, right? I mean, yeah, 20s and 30s. So we talk about a college grad coming out of college for that baccalaureate degree or that master's degree, uh, you know, working in some office somewhere and don't ever move. Look what the Marine Corps, and the Sea Services, can do for your life. You will see a lot of world real quick, up close and personal. Now, definitely Major Corey Holiday. Uh, the service schools and all. Hey, by the way, I was checking you up. My, my background, of course, is mass communications and media mm-hmm. and communications. And I've uh, been on, taught in five universities, but most of my life is at the great Syracuse University, home of the mm-hmm. Orange, and the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications training media people. And of course, I trained a lot of military officers, too, who came for their master's degrees, and they went back out mm-hmm. in the fleet. Uh, what uh, how was, what are your thoughts about your 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 public affairs area of you your media relations ability of course with all this social media stuff we got now uh, what so what you so, these days how should we use it man
1: when I found out that I was going to 29 pounds to take over the provost marshal spot our uh, police chief for those who don't know what Provost marshal is um, one of the things the base initiative was was uh big social media push. And uh, the base general was heavy on the key leaders on the installation to utilize social media. So I I educated myself through uh, um, FEMA courses, FBI courses, and then um, talking with public affairs folks. And I, I basically trained myself on how to do media relations, social media, and um, public information type stuff. So, I it, and um, basically, as a police chief within the Marine Corps, that police chief serves as the law enforcement information officer to the commanding general of the installation. So, although he has a public affairs officer, they don't speak law enforcement, you do. So, it, it was it made me so much money by educating myself on how to use that. And, um, basically it, it made my department, my police department better because we, we took all the things that were going on. And so in, um, society at the time of police shootings and, um, unjust kills and all of other stuff, we, we took that environment and we created a transparent, um, uh, police department to where. Everyone knew what we were doing. We were involved in the community. We outreached to the community via social media. Um, they had an open line of communication directly to myself and my deputy as, and my um, provost sergeant. It was direct link to us. So if they had any issues, they could call us via social media, send us a message via social media. And it came down to, if they saw something, I know we always talk about um, eagle eye, you see something, say something. Because of the relationship, the transparency that we created by utilizing social media and outreach to the community, they reciprocated that and reached out to us on a regular basis. If they saw something, they instantly reported it to us. And it gave me the opportunity to direct police officers and put them in the right places around the installation based off the 20,000 eyes that I had looking at social media and then reporting back to me so
0: I could best support the installations from a law enforcement perspective. Major Corey Holiday, we gotta get together and talk further on this area too, because a major area, you know, with regards to the law enforcement area, and of course we've seen this right now just even recently, God forbid, we just had a, a incredible bombing in, in Nashville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and it, When all these particular scenarios happen, the person who's up in front of the camera in these press conferences is usually the chief of police. Mm -hmm. And the key thing is to really assure that all of our people who are chiefs to be trained to handle the media. And that's one of the areas, especially, I've been working here at Syracuse for years at the Newhouse School. But we're gonna Mm -hmm. get together and talk about this. I think we can, uh, the training side. And I think some, some stuff that we need to put on the table to get our people ready. To handle crisis communications, because things can happen. You never know what the next moment's going to bring, especially in the military. You know, among the right. services there. Oh, Major Corey Holiday. Now, Corey, uh, I'm curious, man. Just my own, you know, intuition this afternoon. On this is NNOA. Hey, when you you are the chief of police now, 20, 29 Palms, California, thirty miles east of San Diego. You're out in the desert, and again twenty nine palms is the largest Marine Corps base in the world. you got a lot of, a lot of folk living out there right so the 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 basic self
1: was um the population fluctuated so on average, the base had about twenty thousand people um but uh it's also the marine corps largest training installation so they would bring the entire mess or a large portion of the mess to come to 29 Palms and train. So it would double the base population from 20,000 on a, a regular basis up to 40,000 people for short periods of time throughout the years. But our, our standard would range
0: between fifteen and 20,000 people. But the bottom line is that in between those gates and all that territory, and you're the chief of police, as uh, some of those uh, comedians would say, like Red Fox and everybody, you're the man. Yeah. <laughs> you were the man. Uh. Uh, what were some of your joyous good times? I want to talk about the bad times. Let's talk about the good <laughs> times of being the chief of police post-marshal that is at uh, 29 Palms, United States Marine Corps base out there in California. What's some of the good it, things that uh, It happened?
1: was definitely the interaction with the community. The um, um, I had small kids at the time. I'm because of that I was also a, um a coach for the f- kids football team soccer team uh basketball team so I knew a lot of the kids and I lived in the community so I got to interact with a lot of kids too and um just based off that interaction I was able to um create a lot of community outreach events for the police department um we set up dunk booths so they would come and they get to dunk the police officers. the um, And um, we used to bring the canines out so the kids could interact with the dogs. We would do demos, shows for the dogs. Um, we did a, a fingerprinting event where um, it was an opportunity for all the kids who are below the age of 11 or 10 where you rate a, a military ID card um, to where they can get a handwritten ID card with fingerprints and other markings from the police department that their parents to hold on file as an identification card for those younger kids. And then with that, we, we did, we called it, um, fingerprints and mug shots where <laughs> we had the, the, nice. the, yes. the stripe board with, um, uh, different sayings for kids where they held it up on the, the police criminal board
0: hey, and, um.
1: We had hundreds of kids and their parents bringing um, their kids over to to get those photos so they could print them off and put
0: them up on their walls. And and also you're recruiting a lot of future Marines too, I'm sure. Laying the foundation and the seeds for the Marine Corps Recruiting Command people of uh, the next – 10 years out, and then they are looking at the Marines, just like you, to join up and serve the United States of America as a Marine. Man, this is absolutely fantastic. Now, you leave 29 Palms, California, and then the mm-hmm. United States Marine Corps say, okay, we've taken uh, at that time Major Corey Holiday all over the world, now it's time to go to that place close to Quantico, Virginia. <laughs> it's called the nation's capital. It is called now the Pentagon Headquarters for Everything in DOD. And you're at the Pentagon there in Washington. Uh mm-hmm. could you tell us a little bit about uh, what, what is your responsibilities and your command so you're doing right
1: there? I, I work in uh, um, in what's called SPD Special Products Directorate for the Director of Marine Corps staff. And um our duties consist of um, conducting events for the Commandant, the Director of Marine Corps staff, and Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps. So we support um, 8th and I events, um, the different parades, uh, the General Officer Symposiums, the Executive Officer Symposium, uh, NATO, when it, we help support a NATO rotation that comes around every year. Um, uh, Worldwide Conference for um, Marine Corps Commandants, the Graybeard Conference for those uh, retired three and four star Marine Corps generals. Um, And then uh, whatever the the commandant decides, if he wants to host some type of an event, we're his guys to
0: help provide
1: that action officer role as well as some protocol type support.
0: Well, audience, Major Corey Holiday, United States Marine Corps is at the top of the food chain, the leadership of the United States Marine Corps. Of course, I enjoy working with all the service chiefs myself with the Navy Marine Corps and Coast Guard, especially with the National Naval Officers Association under the direction of Admiral Samuel, A- Admiral Saint, that is, Sinclair. I'm gonna give him another name Admiral, here, <laughs> Admiral Sinclair Harris, our great president of the National Naval Officers Association. Now, Corey, how much time are you gonna be in Washington? Uh, you gonna be around in that protocol? Uh, Good nice. I have,
1: to, uh, I've look. got two years and then I plan on retiring within the Marine Corps.
0: Oh, and how many years will that have will that be, uh Major?
1: That'll put me at twenty-three years and a half. So,
0: so almost uh,
1: twenty-four, just short of twenty-four.
0: Just short of twenty-four years, huh? yep. Hey, hold on, I got a message from heaven here. Uh Captain Tom McFadder, United States Navy retired who has now gone to heaven. Uh, The late uh, Captain Tom McFadden was in the Chaplain Corps of the United States Navy. He was one of the last Monfort pointers on active duty. And of course, he always told me about uh, when they landed at Iwo Jima, Guadalcanal in the World War II adventure out into the Pacific when we were fighting the Japanese. And, uh, you know, something he told me to bring up this afternoon, and that is, uh, the absence of our people, African-Americans in the Marine Corps. And he if you look at a lot of the old World War II movies, you never see any of our folk. But I wanted to indicate that this afternoon, of course, Major Corey Holiday and his great, incredible ancestry and lineage coming from the Monford Porters, the first African-American Marines. And of course, uh, Captain McFadden said, Rick, whenever you get a chance to do this, make sure you bring up the fact that African-American Marines, man, hit the beaches also at Saipan Mm -hmm. and Iwo Jima and Guadalcanal and others. And remembering this afternoon, uh, Captain Tom McFadden, United States Navy. And of course, he also was the, uh, I think, the central vice president of the NNOA back in the 1980s. But I just Mm -hmm. never forget that story of Major. He was talking about hitting the beaches, man, at Iwo. Yeah. and all the brother marines man which was an incredible story also yeah. let's remember another great marine um second lieutenant frederick branch the first african-american marine officer freddie was an incredible marine also who's also gone to heaven well major cory holiday united states marine corps incredible man this is a pleasure having you on board today Uh, this is nnoa our weekly podcast of news views and perspectives of the sea services and major captain McFadder and uh, all the guys up in heaven said, we got to hold on to you a little bit longer, man. Can we, uh, you know, kind of, kind of keep, kind of keep the adventure going here. You know, you got the <laughs> kind of track record, man. I'm, I'll just be quiet here. You know, I know you're at the Pentagon and all, but uh, great alpha, Phi alpha brother too. We got to keep you around a little bit longer here, man. We'll talk about that another time now. Well, captain McFatter, there's your word to Major Corey Holiday, on this 2nd of January in the year 2021, and it's been a dynamite new year. This is our second day, and of course, nothing like having a holiday on the holiday. Ha! This <laughs> is NNOA. Hey, Corey, you got the last parting shooting words you want to lay out to the uh, fleet this afternoon? Hey, by the way, what kind of ships did you ride uh, in, the, those, uh, in the Gator Navy? Uh, LPDs. LPDs. Mm-hmm. Okay. You never never had a chance to ride those old LSTs, did you? I think we probably decomp no. like Saginaw and the Polder and all, huh? Yeah, I think I
1: um I saw some abandoned in the Philippines.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, in fact, um what I also did in my 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 Navy crew, which I enjoyed a lot, I used to basically be headed up the Navy public affairs operation for the annual Great Lakes cruise. And of course, we brought up some summers, uh, guided missile frigates, FFGs, but there were also summers that we brought up LSTs out of Little Creek. And yeah. we start Little Creek and go down to uh, Moorhead City, pick up Marine unit there, and then put them on board ship. We get up down the Atlantic, man, and run into the uh, stop over at probably Bermuda or Halifax, Nova Scotia, into the Gulf of St. Lawrence, the St. Lawrence Sea, where it's been three months cruising all five of the American and Canadian Great Lakes. And let me tell you one thing, what was a joy. And also as public affairs officer with the Marines on board those LSTs and we pull into cities like, uh, you know, Toronto, Ontario, Canada, uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. Oh, Cleveland, Ohio, Detroit, Windsor, Ontario, Milwaukee, Detroit, Chicago, all the way to Duluth, Minnesota. And man, the Marines were always squared away. And those guys did not have to pay for nothing <laughs> on those whole three months. So that was a real joy that I had as many years ago, uh, running the as the Embarked Public Affairs Officer on the Navy Great Lakes Cruisers, pretty much during the 1980s and into the 1990s. Yeah. Major Corey Holiday, United States Marine Corps, this has been a pleasure to have you on our, basically our first uh, broadcast of a brand new year, 2021. And of course, uh Fi to you, Marine.
1: Hey, Ra, Pleasure's all mine.
0: A pleasure to have you on board. And uh, we got many more Marines coming also. Ladies Good. and gentlemen, Captain Rick Wright, this is NNOA, our weekly podcast, news, views, and perspectives of the National Naval Officers Association and this episode and all of our episodes are produced and directed by Roosevelt Reuben Wright III, one of our IT geniuses of NNOA and also a graduate of the Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. So, Major Corey Holiday, take care down the Pentagon, man. As soon as this COVID-19 situation gets a little more under control, I can travel. I'll be down to see you, man. I uh, look forward to it. You know. A little plan I think we need to put together with regards to the training of law enforcement people in the sea services who are in charge of our major bases, man. They're getting a lot of... I'm for I think you got some answers that they don't even know about, you know, to some major problems that we come up with. Okay, everybody, Tally Hall, away we go. Major Corey, I will stay in contact with you, Major Corey Holiday. See ya. Bravo Zulu to you now. We're out.
1: Thank you.